So we did a bracket last time. We did. And then the world did a bracket. On everything. On everything. I feel like I've never seen that many brackets before in my life. And I don't want to claim credit. But just like Stanley Tucci and many other things, we are always ahead of the curve. We stay ahead of that curve. We know what's coming. And by God, did the bracket come to March 2018. It was insane. There was Pixar brackets. There was uh, Kanye brackets. There was... There was a lot of Disney brackets. Like too many (laughs) Disney brackets. (laughs) There was. There was. We will continue the bracket. But first, I think we should share some links. Twitter moments. This is a Twitter moment. And Twitter moments headlines always bother me so bad because they're either leading you in some way like X celebrity did this thing and fans don't know how to feel about it. And I'm like, I think they do know how to feel about it. Or it's something like this, some weird question that's like, this is not a real question because the question is, is sliced ketchup taking condiments too far? And it's, it's, (laughs) it's, Packets of of ketchup slices that I would attribute more towards like wet wipes (laughs) than like um, any kind of food. (laughs) It's really disturbing. It's not a great package. No, the answer to the question, is sliced ketchup taking condiments too far, is absolutely it is taking it too far. There's no like question here. Oh, wait. I don't think it is taking too far. You don't think so? You think that sliced ketchup is the way to go? I honestly want to try it. Here, here's my only question. This is I, I need no... If it tastes good, I'll choose this over a bottle of ketchup every time. Okay, but I, I need no more uh, defense that this is bad than a single question, which is, is ketchup a liquid or a solid? It's a... Don't try to play this game. You know the answer. It's not a solid. It's solid. It's gelatinous. It's gelatinous. I watched the dude pulling out a slice of ketchup, and it was like a freaking terrible uh, fruit roll-up from when I was a kid from the bad health store that no one went to. See, I love fruit roll-ups, so this is right up my alley. Do you like healthy fruit roll-ups or fake, bad, terrible, sugar-filled fruit roll-ups? I really love fruit leather, which is like the healthy fruit roll-up, the fruit snack. Okay. I mean, that is what this is. It's Yeah, it's a, it's dried. It seems like ketchup-flavored fruit leather. Yep. All right, you're here for this. I'm telling you, man, if this tastes good, if it has the same bite and snap that ketchup does, uh-huh. obviously you can't do this for french fries. Uh-huh. But you know what's really, what is a really, maybe maybe I need to lay all the cards on the table. Mm-hmm. There's nothing more uh, frustrating than when you have condiments on your sandwich, on your burger, on your whatever, and you go to take a bite, and the meat or the filling... It all, it all comes the, out. Well, not even comes out, but the meat and the filling slides out because it has condiments on top and on bottom. That goes to a larger conversation of proper sandwich assembly etiquette, and that, you know, uh, we don't we don't have a long enough podcast for that. No. But this solves that because you put cheese, you put your burger, you put whatever, and you put this little ketchup slice. It actually probably would lock it like a brake pad into your buns, mm-hmm. and I'm telling you, man, if it tasted good, now I, I can be honest. If it tastes bad, all right, throw it away, burn it with fire, whatever. But this solves it. Okay, so ketchup slice, cheese slice, mayonnaise slice, no, mustard slice, no, 
onion slice? I mean, yeah, that is. Yeah, you could do that. <laughs> Pickle slice. It actually, honestly, you're. I think you're making the argument for me because. Yeah. No, I'm curious. I'm curious. You're already putting slices on top of your burgers or your sandwiches. I, I feel like it is untoward for me to defend bread cube one week <laughs> and then to be so against so anti ketchup slice the next week that's a good point i think that i look at this and i think this can't possibly be good so i'm i'm immediately out but if i mean if it was good that'd be that'd be fine i just i can't imagine it. bro let's order it for next time i'm in town <laughs> here's an interesting question you know some people do lettuce wraps yeah i hate those <laughs> what if you did a ketchup wrap? Uh, nah, nope, too far. Why not? That's a lot of ketchup. Like you gotta be, you gotta be really <laughs> in love with ketchup. Ketchup's good, but it's like a an accessory. It doesn't make up the full outfit. Well, maybe that's what I'm afraid of. Is I think that what I like in a burger is whenever you get that real juicy bite, but then you kind of have to even it out with like a non crazy bite. And with this, it's just you're evening everything out to such an extent that. You're never going to get that big glob of ketchup. You're just going to get a single ketchupy sheet throughout the entire meal, which I don't know if I'm I'm into or not. When I picture a burger, a mental beautiful burger, and I think of the cheese slice, it's always like melty and gooey. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if this has that same melty gooey property or if it just stays as weird leather slice in the middle of your burger the entire time. It could be good if it melted a little bit. Now, I see a tweet here. That says, I am so ready for a ketchup slice on my bacon and egg burger. And this is the best case I've heard yet because an egg burger is a bridge too far as far as messiness goes. <laughs> you can't have a sunny side up egg and ketchup and gooey cheese Ooh. and another condiment. And bacon, which is weirdly shaped. When I get one of those, because I do, because egg, egg burgers are amazing. Egg on a burger is amazing. I don't know how egg burger is. Um, that sounds like a whole different meal. But when I have that, I order it, and I think this is going to be so good. And then it comes to me on a plate, and I just look at it for a while. That's kind of always my relationship <laughs> with a with a burger with an egg on top. Is I'm like, what do I what do I do? What's the first step here? Because usually when I get a burger, my first step is to slice it right in half. But you can't you can't do that with an egg on top of a burger. So with a ketchup slice, I would feel slightly more prepared for what's to come because all I would be juggling with is egg and not egg and other weird gloppy liquids. Also, let the record show I hate burgers. At the end of this story there was suggested stories. Okay. And I have not I have not seen this. This is not a bro did you see this? This is a let's see this together. A man was banned from a hotel after pepperoni-loving seagulls trashed his room. Okay, so I did see this. <laughs> I did see this. What? Well, you can talk about this because, you know, I saw this and this was one of those links that should have been saved for the show and it just wasn't. It just passed through without getting that BDYST tag. <laughs> it's good because here's the thing is what I read was this sentence. A posh BC hotel banned him after seagulls feasting on enough pepperoni to fill a small suitcase trashed his swanky suite. And when I read that sentence, I thought, that's a really weird unit of measurement for how much pepperoni he was carrying. Yeah. Like, why would you say that it was enough to fill a small suitcase? Well, it turns out it was because he literally had a suitcase full of nothing but 
pepperoni. Um, so yeah, this is this is a really good story. Why? Maybe we should read it. You want me to read <laughs> let's it? Go for it. Yeah, let's go for it. The great thing about this is that this was already a news story 17 years ago, and we're only picking it up now because the ban is being contested. The Fairmount Empress in Victoria has lifted its ban against Nick Burchill 17 years after dozens of seagulls trashed the Dartmouth Man Hotel's room while feasting on enough pepperoni to fill his suitcase. I didn't like the feeling of being banned from somewhere, Burchill said. So when I was out there last week for a different conference, I thought that I would approach the Empress and see if I could officially get my record cleared. Now let me be clear that if this ever happened to me, I would never set foot in Victoria again. I would be so embarrassed (laughs) at this whole thing that I couldn't possibly do it. Like sometimes, well, this recently happened, I missed a haircut appointment and I thought, well, now I need to change hairdressers because that's way too awkward. I can't possibly look that person in the eye. This guy's bold that he wants to go into the hotel where he filled it full of pepperoni and seagulls and everything that is around that and decided, I, I deserve to come back to this hotel. It's been, it's been long enough. And he hadn't tried this like since then? 17 years is a long time. I guess not. Like five years? That's regular. 17 years? Bro, give it up. You're banned. Birchall's story began with good intentions. He was taking a small suitcase full of brother's pepperoni a widely requested Halifax delicacy, to some of his Navy friends in the B.C. capital. It was a long flight, that time of the year where everyone travels, so the bag got lost, misplaced for a period of time, said Birchall, who wrote a widely shared Facebook post about the ordeal. When the pepperoni finally arrived at the hotel, Birchall said he worried it would get warm because there was no fridge, so he laid the food out on a table near the window ledge in the chilly April air. And that's when things went kind of bad this doesn't get more like bro for real of course birds are gonna come he just laid out like a whole smorgasbord a whole charcuterie cutting board plate dude what else did you think would happen yeah so Birchall left the room for a few hours to take a walk he returned to a room full of seagulls i don't mean just a couple of seagulls he said i can only estimate how many there were I'm thinking somewhere between 30 and 40 seagulls had come in through this open window while I was gone. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I would have never thought of that. This is a choice quote right here. Because the East Coast seagulls aren't that brazen. So he's pulling out his relationship with the seafaring birds. Which, that's lies because I live on the East Coast and seagulls (laughs) are rats with wings and they'll come up straight, snag food from your hand on the beach. No, shut up, dude. They'd never come into a room or do that sort of thing. At least, I don't think they would. So he, he ends it with that little caveat here. He's like, I, I don't know. I've, I've never been in an East Coast hotel room with a table full of pepperoni laid out next to an open window, okay? So the seagulls were startled when Virchel opened the door. He said many tried to leave through the small opening all at once. The seagulls were flying everywhere, and they had been there for a long time eating Brothers TNT pepperoni. <laughs> so you can imagine what the room looked like before I even came back. And listener, we need to describe to you that whatever you think of in your mind for pepperoni, go ahead and just like double down on the grossness of that image because this is not some like this is the slim gym of pepperoni. It's in a weird, crazy, like suctioned off packaging. It's got a very odd shape to it. The 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 packaging, at least on one of them that I'm seeing here, has big sticks of TNT on the outside. It's it's just these weird sticks of meat. That can't be good for humans and certainly can't be good for seagulls. I don't know, bro. I actually kind of want to try it. Okay. 
I'm not saying that it tastes bad. I'm sure it tastes amazing, but I'm telling you that this is not some, you know, oh, beautiful Italian block of pepperoni. This right, is fair, some... fair, fair. It's not wrapped in like uh, the wax no, paper. This no. is, <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. And now we've got seagulls flying around. The curtains are falling down. The lamps are falling down. It was a real mess. Complicating matters was the fact that Birchall had just started his job three months earlier. His employer had booked the hotel, and he needed to attend a dinner with customers. <laughs> there were two seagulls left in the room, and he had to get them out. One was just bouncing around on the windowsill, he said, and I was kind of losing my temper at this point, so I took one of my shoes and I threw it in the direction of the seagull, and both the seagull and the shoe went out of the window. Bad on him. Yeah. The last seagull, it was running around the room, and this is a fairly large room, nice room, or it was. And I was chasing the seagull around. It had a big piece of pepperoni in its mouth, and I could not get it to leave. Birchall said he ended up grabbing a towel from the washroom, and he jumped the seagull, wrapped it in a towel, and threw it out the window. He said the seagull was shaken, but wasn't hurt, which, mm, you know, he's like, I can vouch for both the emotional and physical integrity of this animal. Oh, my gosh. While everything was happening in this room, Birchall said there was a line of tourists out in front of the hotel, and they witnessed both his shoe and the seagull wrapped in a towel falling from his room. Uh, I guess it made an impression on some people. It wasn't very smooth. Birchall had to go downstairs to get the shoe and towel. He went back up into the room where the smell of the birds and pepperoni was becoming more apparent. But he had to get the dinner with the customers, so he started to clean his shoe, which had fallen into some mud. As he was drying the shoe with a hairdryer, the power went out in his room. At that point, Birchall said he realized he was way in over my head with this mess and called the front desk for help. They sent this poor lady up, he said, and I still remember the look on her face when she opened the door. She had her cleaning kit with her, and it was quite clear that the kit that she had with her was not going to cover the damage in the mess that was in the room. Hotel staff moved Birchall to another room for the rest of his stay. He said that the hotel staff were nice about the whole thing, but a letter was sent to his employer telling him that he would no longer be allowed to stay at the Empress. It was a decision Birchall said he respected and understood, but he wanted to make amends, which led him back to the hotel last week. He asked to speak with the staff member who dealt with them the last time, but was told she was no longer an employee. She probably quit because of the, that event. <laughs> I know, I know. It's like, oh, wow, what a shock. <laughs> when I was talking to the people at the desk and the manager, he said, they did say that they had heard this story from long-term employees that worked there. I was just kind of in and out. I didn't want to overstay my welcome. I apologized. I was forgiven. I left them a present of about a pound of Brothers TNT pepperoni. Don't do that, my friend. Why are you carrying the, the, More... the weapon of choice back into the hotel? More seagulls are going to show up. <laughs> Why did you do that? Jeremy Hurriet, marketing manager of the Empress, com confirmed to CBC News by email Sunday that the ban against Birchall had been lifted. So there we go. Wait, you missed the best part. So he qu he's quoted saying... I've made friends with one of the managers there, and he's made it quite clear that I'm encouraged to stay with them. Mm. Period. Next sentence. They'll be disappointed if I don't. <laughs> that sounds like a threat. Oh, man. That's a lot. Uh, I have a quick one that I want to send you. Yeah, go for it. Yep, let's do it. This is a bit old at this point, but it's it would be wrong not to... Talk about it. Uh, it's follow-up from a previous thing. Ooh. You can go ahead and take a look at that. Oh, yeah. I thought to, to bring this up to you, too, but I decided let's save our audience from too much. No, no, no. It's important. <laughs> because a while ago, we, we noted on the show that Mario was no longer a plumber. For some reason, there's like a biography page about Super Mario. I mean, like, like an official one, not like a Wikipedia page, but like an official bio. 
and they decided that he was no longer a plumber. The internet was outraged because that's really what all it's good for at this point. And uh, they updated the biography to say that he is back to his plumbing business. So the world is is rectified. We're we're back in the natural order of things. You know what I want to see? I want to see him actually plumb. Yeah, we've never seen it. And I I think, and I say that as, uh, initially as a joke, but I think that could be a cool spin on the Mario franchise. Doing almost like a Animal Crossing type game where you're running a business and you're part of a town and you have to go and fix you know plumbing systems and then that could be a mini game where you're arranging pipes and and maybe it can harken back to the original mario brothers where you're in the pipes and the turtles and you have to hit the pow button that actually could be a fun flip and turn on the you know the whole franchise but yeah he like literally never plums he is like an adventurer he is a pirate he is a uh, uh, astronaut. He is a cleanup crew. He does everything but plumb. I've never once seen him pick up a plunger. I would say maybe uh, Mario Sunshine was the closest because he was cleaning up. Mm, yeah, but he's more of a sanitation worker. Yeah, and it's it's like plumbing adjacent. It says in, importantly that he is not always a plumber. He's much more than that. We can all agree on that reality. So I know that we should do more of the bracket. And I have kind of a serious link. Ooh. So this one is, I'm going to guess that you've seen it. And if you haven't, you will have by like tomorrow. But I did want to talk about it because I, I wanted to talk to you about this. Here, Here's my weird kind of depressing and bleak link of the, the week. So, um, bro, did, bro, did you see this? Hi, I'm Fox San Antonio's Jessica Headley. And I'm Ryan Wolf. Our, our greatest, greatest responsibility, responsibility is, is to serve our, our Treasure Valley communities. The El Paso Las Cruces communities. Eastern Iowa communities. Mid-Michigan communities. We are extremely proud of the quality, balanced journalism that CBS4 News produces. But we are concerned about the trouble and trying to be responsible one-sided news stories plaguing our country. Plaguing our country. The sharing of biased and false news has become all too common on social media. More alarming, some media outlets publish these same fake stories without checking facts first. The sharing of biased and false, false news has, has become, become all too common on, on social, social media. media. More alarming, some media if you could see how wide my eyes are, that is horrible. <laughs> yeah, man. Isn't that interesting? Oh, my God. Like, did they read the same dumb BuzzFeed article and use that as the script? The political and interesting take on this, which I don't really want to dive too deep into, is that all of those news stations are owned by the same corporation. And that corporation basically forced them all to say that script verbatim because that was written by the corporation. So it has nothing to do with the news journalists. It has everything to do with the people who own the journalists, which is a pretty disconcerting idea. Who knows how many other stories have been pushed from a, you know, top down like perspective. Right. And it also terrifies me. So I, I don't watch like the local news like this a ton. I usually am like scouring websites or reading articles or, you know, uh, speaking with uh, people in my neighborhood. I try to source my news from a lot of different places, but I definitely don't check out local news. But this 
concerns me because how many people still do use local news and even more so than they do like the major uh, news competitors like Fox, CNN, MSNBC, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Whereas people I feel have are very much like, well, those big news corporations, they're faulty, they're flawed. Uh, I can trust my local people because it's just people from my community. Right. So it makes, it terrifies me that like, wait, no, you guys can't trust anyone. You literally have to fact check yourself and just make sure like who truly owns the station. What are their, you know, true goals? What are, what are they trying to get out of me? Man, that is scary. I, I hate that. That is the worst. I wanted to bring it up because you know we, we've talked about a few things before on the show, the Black Mirror future kind of stuff, China having its own weird scanning system and the facial recognition stuff, which, by the way, is, is really starting to, to fall into place. Which, that was one of my stories. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, well, we could, <laughs> yeah. we could talk about that at a later episode because... <laughs> Two, two extremely dark and depressing links for the price of one on a single episode is a bit much. But I think that it's interesting. And this thing has been kind of going viral. I saw it in several different places. I've seen quite a few people share it. It's been on different social networks. So I think this is resonating with a lot of people. And I think that the interesting thing that I want to talk about, less about the, the political bias and more just about the, the technological reliance. Because it's weird that you think of all of those people as independent from each other. In Florida, there's Bay News 9. Yeah. And I, I don't think that's affiliated at all with, you know, this Sinclair organization. But I never once thought about it being part of a larger company. And I feel like many people don't think about it being part of a larger company. But it probably is. And if it isn't, this goes to show that many of these local organizations are. And I'm, yeah, I just thought it was a very disconcerting reality that these things we've been talking about the news that has no filter of truth on top of it. And awkwardly enough, so are the people in this very video. But it isn't just on some weird website that you don't like. It's kind of everywhere. Yeah, it's inescapable. I'm the kind of person that when my room is messy or when my house is, you know, not, not clean, I like to mess it up further mm-hmm. and like pull everything in the center and then start truly from scratch. So often when I see things like this, it, my knee jerk reaction is like, blow them up. We don't need to have local news stations. Forget it. It's not worth it. Like just have like town halls where people meet and share information and like the sheriff will speak, the fire department <laughs> head will speak, the head of education will speak. And that's how you learn about your community. But obviously that's like incredibly unrealistic but maybe this is going to make us smarter citizens and by us i'm not talking about like you and myself but maybe like our parents or people who are still reliant and trust outlets like this they're going to check sources they're going to be more uh, intelligent about who they trust who they let into their lives which maybe is not a bad thing so you know at least this is coming out now and we're hearing about it and seeing it for what it is like oh you're tied to a corporate you know a larger entity got it now i know to stay away yeah to stay away be extra careful i'll use you for the weather reports because yeah hopefully they're not lying about that you know really just taking it with a grain of salt the interesting thing about it to me is the fact that for so long it seems like i've seen so much talking about how journalism has been decimated by the internet and 
social media. And I am no fan of our social media platforms that exist today. But I am also no fan of those communication platforms that existed beforehand. And I feel like that's the thing is people are weirdly romanticizing all of the past forms of journalism that existed before the internet, but they're all bad too. Like that's the thing, you know, that this is, this is no better than the weird websites that are spewing false reports that are super biased. And this is for many people, their only way in. It's the only source of news that they have. So I don't know. It's, it's interesting. It's a weird it's a weird thing that makes me look at the future that we live in and say, I, I see how this is actually better than what existed beforehand. And I don't know if I can agree with everyone who piles on and says that it's worse. News is essentially like the honor system. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you how do you even get there? Is that unattainable? Is that like, because if you say even like, oh, let's do like a government run news program, that's propaganda. No, we can't do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the worst possible. <laughs> exactly. So I know that a while ago, um, Jimmy Wales, who is the person that created Wikipedia, started a new website called Wiki Tribune. And I think it's been around for about a year now. And his goal for it was to create what he calls evidence based journalism that has the same kind of autonomy as wikipedia does you gotta cite your sources you gotta be you know yeah if you look at it you can see that all the articles have multiple contributors yeah it's it's taking away the power from like a news corporation yeah and democratizing uh, democratizing like the story and making it like open source so it says this is wiki which means that every article on the site is open to be edited right now so you could go on and change one of these stories if you felt like one of the facts had been misreported which is pretty cool. You know, obviously that comes with its own set of problems, just like Wikipedia. Yeah. But Wikipedia is a good living example that this kind of thing can absolutely work. It's curious. I think that it's a pretty cool idea that could have some pretty significant impacts. And I think that the the future of this kind of news, or the, the future of news as a whole, is indeed more like Wikipedia than it is like Channel 8 News. That's been on, you know, forever and is owned by a massive corporation. Yeah. When do you think the the mass exodus to this kind of news outlet will occur? Is it like we've talked about in previous topics, like our parents' generation is just going to need to die out? <laughs> well, no. <laughs> it's always my answer. Parents yeah. Die. <laughs> well, well, no, because we're seeing the same things being perpetuated by our own generation. So there's no way that we are the ones that fix it all. But I do think that we're going to see some fixes in the way that we interact with technology. If our parents' generation had somebody who wanted to go up against the news, what could they do? You know, rent out their own weird cable television program or public television program, something weird like that. You know, they would never have the ability to compete with a giant. And I think it's interesting that Wiki Tribune is still really small. They've been around for a year, and I never see anyone talking about them. But I think that that's partially just because they're still feeling the edges out, and something big could come out of it. Yeah. So that's my weird link. You, you've you served up way weirder and way more depressing links. That one was eye-opening yeah. and like, oh, good to know. That one, <laughs> it wasn't that bad. It was legitimately a, did you see this kind of moment? Because I saw it again and again, and I thought, we're going to need to talk about this. So now, now you've seen it. Jeez. So we're down. We're down to four matches. Four matches. Eight teams. The first one was Pepsi Man 
versus company rebrands. How do you feel about it? One is a flash in the pan, mm-hmm. but it's it like it's stuck with us. Yeah, it's strong. And the other, it like it's always around. You know, it's like tried and true. It's reliable. It's gonna come up at least. You know, yeah, once once every couple podcasts. I'm leaning towards Pepsi Man. Okay, tell me why. For the weirdness. He just yeah. is so weird. I guess I guess the thing is is, you know, this is the BDYST bracket. And if I had to have someone being the face of BDYST, would I rather it be Pepsi Man or would I rather it be company rebrands? And I think it might have to be Pepsi Man. See, if this was a matchup of Pepsi Man versus Sparky, I'd choose Sparky all day as the mascot. But yeah, in these two, it's like Company rebrands is like safe. It's like meh. It's boring. It's bland. Pepsi Man is crazy, off the wall, nightmarish childhood dream. Yeah, and I, I think for those reasons, I'm in. Pepsi Man. Pepsi Man wins and advances. Okay, that one wasn't too hard because as good as Company rebrands was, you know, it wasn't near and dear to my heart. But this next one, this next one, Millennials versus Stanley Tucci. Ah, these are two things that I care about deeply. Why do you care about them deeply? Because they're both critical, you know? We had entire episodes devoted to both of them in weird ways. Which, by the way, I did see Business Insider tweet that said, Toys R Us says millennials not having kids hurt the company. And it could be because of a looming demographic time bomb. And this person responded, yeah, it was definitely millennials and not the private equity trio that overpaid to buy the company with borrowed cash, then loaded the company up with $5 billion in debt to repay the loans they used to buy the company while taking $470 million in fees and interest along the way. It was definitely the millennials, though. I love that. Millennials, man. They're blamed for everything, including the death of Toys R Us. So millennials here, you know, the death of everything, the horsemen of death (laughs) versus... Stanley Tucci, the arbiter of all movies, so good that he's been in them many times. Which, by the way, my mom texted me a couple days ago and asked me about Marvel movies, which was kind of strange. Interesting. The first text was, did Ben Affleck play Daredevil and Batman? Which, (laughs) I mean, yeah, (laughs) he did, you know, (laughs) deal with it. Yeah, he did. <laughs> I love I love that that broke your mom's brain. <laughs> like, wait, no, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah. So in the same way that Ben Affleck has played multiple superheroes, Stanley Tucci has played multiple roles in like franchises. So in the same franchise, you know, there's never gonna be a Batman Daredevil crossover, but somehow Stanley Tucci got away with playing multiple Transformers characters. So that's strong. He's he's a strong matchup against the millennials. How do you feel? So I don't dislike Stanley Tucci. Millennials, just like they upset, you know, the the masses, they upset me. <laughs> and I think for that reason, I have to put them ahead. Okay. This is this is like letting the villain win. Yeah. Stanley Tucci, he's crazy. He's great. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But he's not actively. Honestly, I bet he. I could. I could totally see it that he forgot that he was in the earlier movie, or he was doing a favor for Michael Bay. You know, I don't see much malice in his decisions because aside from the being in the Transformers movies as two different characters, he's done a great. Uh, a deal of movies and he's acted great hunger games i'm not into it but that was the character millennials though they are actively crumbling businesses Mm. uh offending people just like not 
going along with the status quo. And I know I'm describing myself, but it's just like their spirit is fierce. It's fierce. It's incredibly fierce. And you can't like you can't douse the flames. And so for that reason, I say personally, I think millennials beat Stanley Tucci out of just pure like evil. (laughs) All right. Millennials. Millennials for the win. Millennials for the win. That's going to be Pepsi Man going up against millennials. And I know. I know. I wouldn't want to be in that ring. I, I like, by the way, every time I talk about this, I change sport and concept, which is, I like, I just appreciate that. Sports ball. Yeah. Amazon home delivery versus Boston Dynamics. What are you thinking? So my thought process, Boston Dynamics is definitely going to supply the world with the first robot army that's going to kill us. But not because... They're going to actively, they're, literally, it's just that their facility is going to be used and their, you know, their uh, assembly line will be repurposed. You get mm-hmm. me? Mm-hmm. It's not by their own choice, but they will be, you know, used in the robot apocalypse. Totally. And I feel like Amazon is going to be the Skynet for that factory. Oof. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Amazon is the processor, is the brain, is the motherboard. Boston Dynamics is the technology, is the shell, is the, you know. Like, I could totally see Amazon buying Boston Dynamics. Hmm. Because technically, like, they need some, like, land-traveling uh, robots. They got the drones. They got the, you know, aircraft co- covered. But they need some, like, walking, you know, package carriers. So the question is, though, this isn't Amazon versus Boston Dynamics. It's Amazon Home Delivery versus Boston Dynamics. So it's almost like which brand is stronger? Which favored son would win the King Bezos's favor? King Bezos's right hand. Ah <laughs> oh, man, I don't know. I think I think Boston Dynamics might be the 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 strength here because when I think of home delivery, I can only think so far. I can only think of it going in, you know, unlocking your door and a package being put into it. And sleeping in your closet and sleeping in your closet and waiting for you to go to bed and then coming out of your closet and killing you. I don't know, man. But Boston Dynamics could kill you 10 ways. They're, the sky's the limit. You can defeat that robot. Hmm. You can't defeat something that you didn't know was there. <sighs> I don't know. Amazon Home Delivery is the worm tongue is the snake, is the... It's the first step, you know? Mm-hmm. Boston mm-hmm. Dynamics is approaching it from a... We are robot overlords, and this is how we operate. Cool. And that's fine. Got it. Noted. <laughs> Amazon Home Delivery. Even on the outside, you're like, yeah, it's just home delivery. That's true. They're totally Skynet. Yeah, God. They're so sneaky. They're totally Skynet. Wow. Does Amazon Home Delivery advance? I think so. Wow, they do. They totally do. You got me. You got me. (laughs) In their subtlety, even I was fooled. So, yeah, (laughs) they win. Boston Dynamics comes. They 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 come into the court. They they don't even they don't even fine tune their robots. They think they have this on lock so much. They bring a couple of two years ago's models to play the game. And gosh, Amazon Home Delivery won before the game was even started, and no one knew. Because let's be real, like our downfall is not going to be a Terminator robot. It's going to be some AI, some like. I am part of your smart home, and now I'm locking you in and turning the air conditioning up. That's what's going to kill us. Yeah, you're right. Bonus match. 
Google or Amazon as your robot overlords? Like, if I had to choose one, or like, which one do I predict? Which one would you like, su- like, surrender to willfully? Oh man, I guess Google. Really, Google, because their motto is "Don't be evil," and even though that's a really low bar. I'm happy with the bar more than Amazon, which I've never heard them say those words. <laughs> I didn't know about the don't be evil. That makes me think they're more evil, even though I was already going to pick Amazon. But that's pretty, like, that should not be your motto, my dude. No, I know. That should not be Google's motto, but it is. I'm starting to, in my in my pessimism, my bar for what I desire in the future is getting exceedingly low. And I just want it to be well-designed. And the only people I see, you know, between Amazon and Google making a well-designed future is sadly Google. See, I, I see Amazon. Have you seen the movie Wally? Yeah. I see Amazon leading us to that future. Why? So that I'm just so, like, I think they just have, like, the, the data and the products and the, I know Google is a force to be reckoned with, but Amazon, again, same kind of home delivery argument. I feel like Amazon will lead us to the, like, big and large or whatever that company was called. In Wally, mm-hmm. lead us to that future where they don't kill us, but they're just farming us, and we're just so like, gleefully blind, and we're like, oh, I have this computer, and I'm on this hover chair, and I don't even know. I feel like we're gonna have to do some work yeah. for Google's future. That's whereas true. Amazon is gladly like, no, we got it. We'll take care of you. I know, but everything they make is just so ugly, though. Their Kindles and the Kindle app and the weird echoes they're none of them are good and i just want things to look pretty that's all i'm asking for yeah it's our future is not meant to be pretty all right the last round last round this one this one i for real don't know kanye west versus cracker barrel (laughs) what do we do here what do we do they couldn't be more (sighs) opposing forces and you know what i feel like they're friendly like, I've never heard Kanye West say anything about Cracker Barrel, but he seems like the kind of guy who would be into it. He would, like, go to a Cracker Barrel and, like, buy the whole restaurant out and, like, take a bunch of weird games home for his children or, I don't know, something like that. So it's not even like there's one, there's such sheer animosity between the two. My, my, my heart says Kanye West, if only to kick Cracker Barrel out, but I could, I could hear a case for Cracker Barrel. I don't know if you're going to make one because I know you hate it more than I do. So I keep, I feel like, my MO so far is picking like the unpopular, picking the upset, you know, breaking the, busting the brackets. Mm-hmm. But this one, I hate Cracker Barrel so much that I don't want it to get a sweet victory of, you know, upset. Yeah. Even though I could make an argument for Cracker Barrel winning, <laughs> it was a spiteful, like, allowance of them winning to that first round mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. to shoot them down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it was totally intentional. Like, yeah, yeah, you're great. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay. Well, then, this is it. This is the time for revenge. I think Kanye's got to slam on down for Cracker Barrel. So that means that the next the next ones are Pepsi Man versus Millennials and Amazon Home Delivery versus Kanye West. And those are going to be some good matches. That is, whew. I could see the discussions for both of those. To the next week, my friend. To the next week. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. 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 
This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. 